Hello and welcome to another episode of Color of Changes Hashtag Tell Black Stories podcast. I'm Rashid Shabazz, the Chief Marketing and Storytelling Officer at Color of Change. I'd also like to take the time to thank our sponsor, the Open Society Foundations, as an organization that works to build vibrant and inclusive societies whose governments are accountable and open to the participation of all people. Hashtag Tell Black Stories is an initiative created as an extension of Color of Changes Hollywood work an initiative to change the rules in Hollywood by ensuring accurate, diverse, empathetic, and human portrayals of Black people in film and TV. We collaborate with writers, producers, executives, and influencers to raise industry standards and change representations of Black people and issues affecting us throughout the media landscape. It's my pleasure today to have with us um, be joined by Chris Gibbs, the owner of the popular Los Angeles-based streetwear store, Union LA. As 2020 comes to a close, we at Color Change wanted to take the time to highlight some of our favorite Black-owned businesses, Union LA being one of them. In this episode of Hashtag Tell Black Stories, we'll be talking to Chris about the importance of supporting local Black businesses and reissuing some of what re, of UNLA's lauded Harlem Toll solos, Sonos speaker with interior designer Sheila Bridges. So Chris, I wanna first thank you uh, for joining us today. I've done a lot of research on you. Uh, was, was one um, beautiful family. Um, can't believe it's been 30 years of, of work uh, that you've been pouring in on this. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to just dive in. Just the first question is like, how are you been managing? How are you doing throughout this um, this pandemic, this COVID nineteen? How have you maintained? How how are you and your family, your beautiful family, doing? Uh, first and foremost, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on this program, um, Rashid. So, um, and uh, as far as how we've been coping, uh, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. I'm sure it's the same for everybody. Um, you know, my first uh, initial response upon hearing about um, kind of the pandemic was to make sure that my family was safe. Um, you know, we've been out here in LA, which despite the, you know, we've been pretty safe. We've been pretty cool. We have a, we're blessed and privileged. We have a backyard we can go into and when we need to get outside and stuff like that. And the weather's especially early on when it hit in like March in the winter, we were able to go outside and kind of walk around the block and get some fresh air. So we've been okay. And then I pivoted to the store and to the business. I wanted to make sure we didn't have to do any layoffs or anything like that. So we had a, I'll say this, my team really rallied and we came together with a, a plan and the plan to date, because I didn't think we'd be thinking a year later, we're still in it, but to date it's worked. So, so we've been okay. We've been actually been all right. Um, you know, um, so, so we've managed, but thank you for asking. No, thank you. And just, you know, so much to talk about, but one, I just want to commend you just to, to put your staff, the employees first, you know, individuals who can be impacted. We know that Black businesses have been the most severely impacted throughout the pandemic. So I want to just applaud you on that. And just, just knowing that, yes, we did not anticipate we'll still be here in this moment, but to know that you're still working them to sustain that alongside making sure your family's taken care of. Um, just wanted to say thank you. Um, obviously, a lot of people are listening in right now. 
one of the things they probably will want to know for those who may not have understood who is Union LA? What is Union LA? Can you share a little bit about the journey uh, of Union LA, what it is for those who may not know, and just a little bit where you are currently? Yeah. Um, so my uh, Union and Chris Gibbs are not the same. <laughs> um, so I'll explain the two kind of in compartments. Uh, Union is a store that was actually opened up in 89. Uh, in New York City, in Soho, uh, by it was the first store opened by James Jebbia, who and Marianne uh, Fusco. Um, James Jebbia went on to us uh, later on open Supreme, and I don't need to fill in the blanks there on that. That's been uh, wildly successful, and and Marianne um, has been involved with that as well. Um, so um, they opened that store in 89. And then a, a guy by the name of Eddie Cruz, who was a good friend of theirs, ended up opening up the Los Angeles chapter in 91. So um, I'm old, but I'm not that old. So I was probably, I was still in high school in 89 and 91 um, and, 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 and unaware of Union. But in 96, earlier than 96, but I eventually moved to New York um, and I was going to college and I started working there in 96. Um, so Union is, uh, in my humble opinion, like the first streetwear store in the world. Um, so that's kind of its history. Um, and it was a place where young, independent, up and coming designers could come and showcase their, their goods and ba being, having it being based in New York and being kind of this place that was selling streetwear. Um, it was largely just by default selling, telling the story of black and brown people. Um, it was a place where you could come if you had, you know, you're an up and coming designer and you just want to make some stuff and sell it and you don't have to go through like a federated corporate, you know, circus, you could do that. So we've always had, uh, just like I said, by default, a lot of black and brown independent designers in the store. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, uh, it's something that's was close to me from the very beginning. Um, in I worked for the New York store for a long time, and then I worked for I moved to LA and I worked for the LA store. And in 2009, I was given the opportunity to purchase the store. So I'm that like from the mailroom to the top kind of story. It's it's rare, and I, and I feel honored to be able to say that. Um, but yeah, I got in on the ground and was you know the lowest guy in the totem pole and just kind of just worked my way up and then in 2009 right after or during the recession uh, they were going to close the doors and um, they you know they made me an, op uh, an offer to be able to like take over and I did and here I am. Wow what that's an incredible story thank you thank you for sharing that and what's even more and you know I'm, I'm gonna be just you know here a little bit is you've already kind of circumvented or I guess rolled a wave of one recession. Uh, so obviously you know how to do it. And so we'll get into that in a little bit, but something you talked about um, is street culture and just sweet street wear in particular. We know that it's been built off the backs of black and brown people. We know the culture, you know, without us, there is no street wear culture. Can you talk about a little bit how Union LA specifically, you know, as a resource to the black communities, how has it served as a resource to LA and other communities and, and maintaining what you said about this story and, and telling the story around streetwear and street culture? 
Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, we've tried uh, to just be, you know, it's of my opinion and belief that like, you know, just being good humans, <laughs> you know, and, and doing things the right way ends up, you know, solving most of these issues, you know. Um, so we've tried to just be inclusive. Uh, obviously, it's a black owned business. So you're going to get a perspective that, it, that, that is black for sure. You're going to get um, a sensibility of, of someone who's kind of been out there and understands what's going on. So we try to be very inclusive in our hiring practices. Uh, we try to be very inclusive with the kind of brands that we've had in. Um, I've told this story a couple times over the course of this year. Um, and, and I'll be honest, uh, for a little while, we kind of lost our way. I kind of lost my way. Um, and COVID matched with, um, you know, the, the uprising and protest uh, over the summer really made me refocus my energies and make sure that like, um, we kind of went back to what we started with and really tried to make sure that we were working with young independent, or not young, I mean, independent uh, black owned businesses and, and designers, which I'll admit, I'm not proud of it, but we had gotten away from it a little bit. It was never something that we totally abandoned, but, and it was kind of related to like the growth of business. I mean, without getting into it, I'll just say a, a quick kind of synopsis. Um, Union was started as a place for young independent designers to come <clears throat> showcase their goods at a time when they had no other outlets. Uh, that's in the early 90s, late 80s. Fast forward to today, you've got Instagram, you've got, you know, all, you've got so many outlets that, you know, you don't need a union anymore if you're an independent designer. So yeah. because the, the need wasn't there as strong, we weren't seeing, you know, we got, we had gotten quite used to getting designers coming to us and that kind of stopped and we stopped reaching out to them. Mm. So this year, we've really tried to start reaching out again because we kind of had lost our way. And then, you know, with with everything that was going on this summer, my wife and I just kind of thought, hey, we need to really reinvest in our community because it's very apparent that no one else is. And if and if we can, we should. Um, and so one of the things that we really tried to do was um, drive some of our initiatives um, through our community. Wow. Something you said that is really resonating with me is, is the idea of how you keep saying, you know, you somewhat lost your way. And I would, I almost would argue that we've lost our way as well. And, and the reason I say that is the support of local black businesses, I think, or local small black businesses or businesses like yours. And I'm curious on multiple fronts. One, why is it so important? And I think you've alluded to it already, but why is it so important to support local black businesses like yours why is it important and particularly the reason why i use your 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 phrase you know losing our way is because with amazon with so much online business we know that no even before the pandemic we knew that businesses were struggling to compete with the market share but because you have such a unique niche i can imagine you're able to hold your own but i'm curious why is it that we should be rallying at this moment to support local black businesses and, and why are local black businesses so critical and important? Yeah, I mean, again, as my wife and I were kind of experiencing and seeing what was going on, 
in particular over this summer um, and with the protests and such, we just really re realized, and we might have been late to the game to realizing it, but it is what it is. Like, yo, you know, we have to help ourselves first. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can't complain about, you know, like we have buying power and we have to use it. And if that buying power is being used to support, you know, everyone else, but not black owned businesses, well, then we have ourselves to blame, you know? So now, and, you know, um, I think one of the good things, one of the silver linings that's come out of this year is I know for myself and I know for a lot of others around me, like before I spend my money, I now have a new like thought, like, hey, is this a company that I want to support? Is this a company that's going to support me and support my community? Um, and, you know, I think that's really important. And I think um, it's a positive thing that's come out of this and something that, you know, we, we got to stop. Like we spent how many, you want, do you want to say 400 years of asking for, you know, the powers that be and the, and the status quo to like come to our aid and it ain't happening. Uh, we, so we have to empower ourselves. We have to do it ourselves, you know? Um, so that's something that has become very important to us. Um, personally and you know I'm trying my best to like make sure that that filter is also happening at the store um, with the brands that we're bringing in with the brands that we're collaborating with with the way we're communicating to our consumer and to our community thank you when you when you talk about collaborations and you talk about you know reaching out and engaging with designers the reason we're having a discussion today and, and the catalyst for it is a collaboration you're having right now with the amazing interior designer, Sheila Bridges, on the Union LA Sonos One SL speaker. Can you walk us through a little bit about what that relationship is, what the collaboration is, those who may not understand what that partnership is, and in what ways is the design that Sheila is working on, the Harlem Toll, how does it speak to the Black experience, in your opinion? Okay. One quick correction. Don't be mad at me. I no, no, please, please do. It's pronounced twal. Sheila will oh. kill me. Twal. Okay, thank you. Twal. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I did. I made the same mistake, and and she corrected me swiftly. No, so, no, no. I, I, I actually looked it up, and so many people say it so many different ways. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Thank you. No That's problem. probably the correct French saying to be. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I was using the British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, the way I came about uh, working with Sheila is, is, is well, yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of my good friends runs uh, a museum out here called the Underground Museum. Um, and uh, we're big fans of theirs. And we, we kind of, you know, they're good friends of ours. But we're also just, uh, even if I compartmentalize it, just huge fans of what they're doing. I think they're doing incredible work. Um, and I'm really inspired by them. And uh, coincidentally, one of their bathrooms had uh, Sheila Bridges Harlem Twal wallpaper in the bathroom. And I was, you know, going to the bathroom <laughs> one day and, and looking at the at the Twal, and I was just really inspired. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, she basically juxtaposes like this very European, um, you know, old style um, Twal that you're tip, you would typically see, you know, all these European kind of tropes, like, you know, like 
a woman picking flowers or, you know, whatever. Um, she juxtaposes it with African-American culture. Um, so it's, you know, instead of a white woman prancing through the fields, it's, uh, you know, it's like a, a young couple listening to a, dancing to a boombox or whatever. And I just really loved that she reappropriated that. And I thought it was really beautiful and really telling of kind of our history and how far we've come and how far we have to go. Um, and I just loved it. I loved it visually. I loved the message that was sharing. Um, so I cold emailed her. I found her website, cold emailed her. And I said, hey, I'd love to work with you on a collaboration. And um, she got back to me uh, and I was surprised. And we had a couple conversations. And uh, we started working on, on a, a couple different collaborations, the speaker being one of them. We also worked on a Converse project that we did. It actually started with apparel through the store so we did some shirts and shorts through the store and that's where it started and then Sonos hit me up to do something um and I was like you know what this would be awesome on a speaker I mean can we do it and we went through a couple trials and tribulations and tried to figure it out and, and lo and behold we did figure it out and um you know uh the rest as they say is is history but yeah um Working with Sheila has been incredible. She's a great designer, a great mind, um, and just a, a really fun person to work with. She's had to be patient with me and, <laughs> and my weird way of working. So she's been really great. She's been a great partner. We've done, again, it started with apparel for the store. We then pivoted to the Sono speaker that we're talking about. We've done since done a, a Converse, Chuck Taylor. So um, we, I, guess we, I guess we like working with each other. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you. With the Harlem Tall, why do you think it's so important at this moment? Why, why do you think this collaboration, this particular moment around racial reckoning and so much happening, the protests, why is this collaboration even more potentially meaningful to you right now? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's a great conversation starter. It's something that um, when you see it, no matter what culture you're from, you recognize that something's different. Um, and then is if, if you want to open your eyes, you're going to start to wonder why that's different and start to ask certain questions. Um, it's funny, the apparel collection that we did, which was about two years ago now, we actually launched it with Nordstrom's. And um, one of the things we did, we put up a whole display and we started to put up her, the wallpaper as a display. So right before the clothing launched, but when the display was up, there was this Harlem Twal wallpaper without an explanation as to why it was in the store. And, you know, Nordstrom's got quite a few complaints about it because they didn't understand. It's something that is a little different and is a little, you know, um, so, you know, we were able to get ahead of that and, you know, explain what it was. And once we explained what it was, people really appreciated it. But at the beginning, it's like, hey, what is this? Is this some kind of cultural reappropriation? What is Nordstrom doing? And, and to their, um, you know, Nordstrom really got behind us. They were, there was a point where we were almost going to have to take down the wallpaper and, and it got all the way up to the, to the owner of the company. And he was like, no, we believe in this project. We're going to stand by it. Um, so it's a really good conversation starter. It makes you think about things. Um, and again, it's just a beautiful juxtaposition of our culture that is rarely shared in that light, you know? Unfortunately, 
our culture, you know, if you think of two people dancing to a boombox, it's only looked at through this very narrow light, which is not true. That's, that's not representative of our culture. But unfortunately, you know, mass pop culture doesn't represent us fairly. And I thought that this is just a, a pluralistic way of viewing our culture and, and expanding who and what we are, because we know we're not this one single singular thing. Thank you. As we think, as we come to the final few questions, I want to return to how we began this conversation um, in the middle of a pandemic with everything going on, the importance of supporting Black businesses like yours. You mentioned having to do things to support your staff, your family. What advice do you have for Black businesses right now that are probably struggling? You know, what, what tools or strategies do you think they should be thinking about, if any, to be navigating this, you know, this storm um, that we find ourselves in that, you know, unfortunately, you know, the powers that be, like you said, we need to be self-determined because the powers that be may not be there to support us. Um, how do we support ourselves at this moment, in your opinion? How have you been doing that? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, you know, what I'll say is this, when the pandemic first came down, the first thing I did was I called my friends and my associates, a lot of whom are in the same industry, hey, how can we help each other? How can we work together? Like, so I know this kind of sounds like a very cheesy answer, but like, call your neighbor, lean on your neighbor, you know? Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I was asking for help. We were on our Instagram and on our blog being like, hey man, I know it's a tough time, but you know, we need help. We need your support. Um, we reached out to our neighbors and we collaborated with our neighbors on messaging around what was going on. Um, we got very active in the community, which was a great thing because the more you give, the more you get back. So I would say just be uh, you know, an earnest part of your community, um, you know, and then in addition to being an earnest part of your community, one of the great things like streetwear is probably best known for, for collaborations, right? We, we've brought that to the table, you know, um, and I think one of the things, the best collaborations are when one brand or designer or one point of view is matched with another Tate does things a different way and they bring something new to each other mm. um, and, they, and they gain access to each other's community. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be through product. It could be through just partnerships on messaging. Uh, you know, we're doing a collaboration right now. You know what I mean? Um, collaborate with others around you and ideally people who can bring a new point of view, a new message, a new customer, a new community to you. Um, that's the best advice I could give. That's what we did, um, you know, and that's what allowed us to really, I guess, survive the, the, the first wave. <laughs> you know, hopefully we can survive the, the, the last. The other thing I'll say is, because it's, I can't sit here with a straight face and not admit that, you know, we also were very blessed that we had a big uh, Jordan collaboration that coincidentally released, you know, in the middle of this, uh, which is something that really helped us, you know, ride the wave. Um, um, so <laughs> I can't sit here and act <laughs> like we had it all figured out, you know? 
what, what, what I will say, and I said this in the beginning, is, is that, you know, those, are, and, I, and I say this about color change as well, those of us who are weathering the storm were probably doing a lot of things beforehand that prepared us for this. And what I will say from talking to you and just the articles I read about you and your family and just the way you and your wife have approached, you know, just the way you, you organize your business says to me to your point is you were doing a lot of things that you are doing now before getting here and so the collaboration the looking outside the box and thinking outside the box of how to brand how to build the brand and how to reach different audiences those aren't things that um, are just innate to everyone but clearly you've been doing it well and successfully so congratulations on that and the collaboration with jordan obviously that's always a a boost, especially when he drops a new docu series. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things <laughs> fell into place uh, this summer for, for that part to work. <laughs> no, but congratulations. So, so the last the last question is that obviously we're we're entering the holiday season. Um, real important for us to support um, Black businesses. One of the things that Color Changes Change will be launching um, shortly will be a green book. Um, so to speak, to support and highlight Black businesses, Black-owned businesses um, that need help at this time and support. Uh, holiday season, why should we be supporting Black businesses right now? I know it's pretty obvious, straightforward, <laughs> but would love to have you, like, you know, what's your holiday pitch for those who are listening right now, thinking about that last-minute gift, because we know it's going to take, for shipping, uh, folks yeah. need to hurry up and get, get those, those gifts, and if people are listening, get it done quickly. Well, first and foremost, I want to commend you guys on putting together that list. I think, uh, you know, it's an incredible, incredible thing to do. Um, it's both uplifting that you can create that and share it and have it as a resource for all of us to use, while at the same time a little, you know, it's definitely some kind of comment that, you know, we still need a green book, <laughs> you know, um, so, but it is what it is, and I, and I appreciate you guys for putting that together, and I think that's really amazing. We tried to do something like that on our website, and, and it's still up there, but I know it's, it's, a, it's a big undertaking, and um, it's a lot of work. Um, as far as the holiday season, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's funny. Our, our store is getting painted as we speak. <laughs> and I decided to paint a big bomb bug <laughs> across the front of our store. Because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm not a Scrooge, but I'm not a big holiday guy. <laughs> I grew up in a very, very strict household that did not celebrate Christmas. So <laughs> I was like an uber Christian household. Like, oh, that ain't... So, um, no, I think inevitably, uh, you know, it's a very important time of the year. Um, a lot of businesses, um, this is where maybe like a majority of their business is happening in the two months, you know, starting at the end of Thanksgiving and going through Christmas and into January. I know a lot, a lot of businesses, that's where most of their money's made. So again, if you care about your community, if you want to, you know, want to support your community, if you want to support people like you <laughs> who are out there who obviously need it, uh, you know, then this is the time, you know. Um, even for somebody like me, I, I, who's like not a big Christmas guy and not a big holiday season guy, I have to appreciate like, yo, but this is the way 
society has built this time of year, whether we like it or not, as a shopping time, you know? And we got to get out there and support each other. Again, history tells us it ain't going to happen without us. Everything, all the progress we've made in this country has been because we've decided to make it and we've, you know, pushed our way through. And we can't stop and think that we now know it's not some post-racial world anymore. You know what I mean? We knew that. We knew that. But yeah. the world knows that now. So we've got to get out there and manifest our destiny. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Garvey. Garvey. <laughs> you know what's sad? <laughs> I, was, I thought I was quoting most deaf. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm taking it back to the Garveyites. Um, brother, it's so great speaking with you. Before we end, I just want to ask, is, um, is there anything you wanted to share that you didn't um, have an opportunity to share? Anything that, any parting words? I mean, what you just said was um, summed it all up. I just want to make sure before we wrap, if there's anything we didn't touch on that I gave you space to hit on. No, I, I guess uh, there's so much to say. But I, um, again, uh, you know, I've probably said it a number of times in this interview, and, and it's something that, again, my wife and, and I really believe in. So, uh, which is just, we just got to get, we got to start supporting ourselves. We, we can't, you know, you can't be, I, I don't want to call out any brands per se, you know, but you can't be head to toe, some brand that's never supported you and never will and then be complaining why no one reps for you. You know what I mean? So as, as a, someone who sits in the position of buying other brands and offering them for sale at my store, I've got to do a better job and stay on my you know, uh, P's and Q's with regards to searching out and finding you know, uh, independently uh, you know, minority-owned, black, brown, you know, gay, lesbian, what have you, like designers and, and brands and make sure they're being offered and that they have a voice. And the other part of that, because with every communication, there's coding and decoding, right? Yeah. So the decoding part is the consumer's got to support it, right? So I can offer all this stuff, but as a businessman, at some point, I'll go out of business if the consumer's not supporting them, you know? So we've got to really put our money behind our community um and you really utilize our buying power um yeah. it's really simple i think and there's a lot of things that are still really messed up in this world and in this country but you know i do think we have an opportunity to take this moment and and bring something positive out of it well chris thank you so much uh, for your your parting words uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you uh, for those listening in, make sure to listen to this episode and more on Apple Podcasts and wherever you stream. I'm Color Changes, Chief Marketing Storytel Storytelling Officer, Rashid Shabazz. Uh, peace.